Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on, Why Should We Believe in the Resurrection of Jesus Christ? Preached April the 20th, 2014. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Why should I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah! Our Lord Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The Father raised him by the power of the Holy Spirit for the eternal salvation of all the elect sinners. He has defeated and triumphed over all his enemies. Therefore, Let the people of God rejoice and be exceedingly glad. How do we know this gospel truth? We know from the Holy Scriptures written by the Holy Prophets and the Holy Apostles by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the absolute authority of the Scriptures as the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 1, declares. All four Gospels tell the eyewitness account of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Luke, the historian, tells us that he wrote his Gospel for the purpose that Theophilus may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. St. John tells us that he wrote his gospel that you may believe that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In Acts chapter 1 verse 3, Luke tells us, After his suffering, Jesus showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He gives us these infallible logical proofs in his two-volume work, The Gospel of Luke and acts. Essentially, friends, Christianity has to do with Jesus Christ, his person, and his work. God sent him from heaven to us sinners that we may be justified and brought to glory, that is to God's presence. So we read In Hebrews 2 verse 10, in bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. And St. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, 
to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Who is Jesus Christ? I want to speak seven things to you today. First, he is God. What does God say in his holy word about Jesus Christ? John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. And St. Paul says in Colossians 2, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Titus 2 verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 9 verse 5, theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, forever praised Amen. He is, Jesus Christ is Yahweh, the covenant God of the Old Testament. He is Lord, he is deity. Professor John Frame says, unless our Savior is God, we are without hope. It is the deity of Christ that sustains his human nature through terrible suffering that gives worth and power to his sufferings that make his salvation sure. As God said through Isaiah, only God can save us from our worst predicament. Only the Lord can be the Savior. And as prophet Jonah said salvation is of the Lord friends Jesus Christ is God I counsel you to bow your knees before him and confess him as Savior and Lord that you may be saved today number two Jesus Christ is virgin born son of God So we read in Luke 1, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And John 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have seen his glory. 
Dr. J. Oliver Buswell Jr. says, The virgin birth was a special miracle wrought by the third person of the Trinity, whereby the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Son of God, took to himself a genuine and complete human nature and was born as a man without surrendering in any way his complete divine nature. And Professor John Murray says, the incarnation means, listen now, that he who never began to be in his specific identity as son of God began to be what he eternally was not. The infinite became finite. The eternal and supratemporal entered time and became subject to its conditions. The immutable became the mutable. The invisible became the visible. The creator became the created, the sustainer of all became dependent. The almighty infirm, God became man. There is a conjunction in one person of all that belongs to Godhead and all that belongs to manhood. Friends, Jesus Christ is one person in two natures, divine and human. Without faith in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, no one can be saved. Number three, Jesus Christ was sinless. He was sinless and he lived a sinless life. John 8 and verse 46, Jesus asks, Can any one of you prove me guilty of a sin? Hebrews 4, 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Hebrews 7.26 Such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. St. John says in 1 John 3, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. And Peter says in 1 Peter 2, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. And 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds we are healed. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, a sinful Jesus cannot save anyone. He would himself need a savior. Number four, Christ is our atonement. We need a savior because all descendants of Adam are sinners. So Paul says in Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Friends, the Bible tells us we are conceived in sin, born sinners, and daily practice sin in our intellect, will, and affections. We are dead in our transgressions and sins. We are fools who deny God. We are enemies of God. Wrath of God abides upon every sinner. We are alienated from God and from each other. We also are schizophrenic. We are divided in ourselves and we have no peace. In Jesus, we have a peacemaker. He is our atonement, one who makes at one those who are enemies, one who makes amends, blotting out the offenses and making satisfaction for wrong done, making reconciliation. Friends, on the cross, God presented his son as a sacrifice of atonement for the elect believing sinners. Jesus Christ died for our sins. In our place, as our substitute, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. All must die eternal death. Jesus Christ by his life and death made atonement in our behalf. So Paul says in Ephesians 2 and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. On the cross friends God demonstrates his love and justice. Romans 5 verse 8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 3, 25 and 26. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement. Through faith in his blood, he did this to demonstrate his justice. Because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. 
He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? If not, I command you and beseech you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For whom did Christ die? For all people of the whole world who truly repent and believe in God's Son, Jesus, who himself loved us and died in behalf of us. Number five, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And let me read to you what J.N.D. Anderson says in his book, Evidence for the Resurrection. The fact of the resurrection is one of the best historically attested facts of ancient history. Jesus Christ predicted his own death and resurrection many times. He predicted it as the prophet. He predicted the absolute divine necessity of his death and resurrection. Matthew 16, 21, 17, 9, 17, 23, 20, 19, and 26, 32, and so on. Many times he predicted as the prophet his own death and resurrection. Let me read just Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He must suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed. And on the third day, he must be raised to life. He knew that the scriptures spoke about him, his death and resurrection. And you can read Luke 24, 26 and 27 and 44 through 47. He tells that the whole Old Testament spoke of him, his death, his burial and his resurrection. That repentance and forgiveness of sins may be proclaimed to all the world. Jesus came to fulfill what Old Testament promised, a Messiah, a Savior, who by his death would conquer death, the devil, sin, and all his enemies. He became incarnate to give his life a ransom for many. All Gospels testify his death, burial, and resurrection. Friends, no one ever before had been raised from the dead to live forever. You go home and read Acts 26, 23 and 1 Corinthians 15, 20. He gave many convincing proofs of his resurrection. 
You don't want to believe in his resurrection. Your mind is closed. And you get on your knees and call upon the name of the Lord that he may open your heart. As he opened the heart of Lydia to respond to the gospel. Paul appeals to many witnesses in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. He rose from the sealed and guarded tomb on the third day exactly as he predicted. He rose from the grave after his death and burial in his own body of flesh and bones yet glorified. A body which goes through the grave clothes, the sealed and closed tomb. His was a body with the marks of crucifixion, a body that appears and disappears, appears in the room with closed doors. In this resurrection body, he ascended into heaven, defying gravity, a body that can eat food, a body that can be touched. Friends, his body is physical, imperishable, glorious, powerful, incorruptible, immortal, and triumphant. He was seen by many in his resurrection body. And our resurrection body shall be like his. Philippians 3.21 He made over 10 post-resurrection appearances for 40 days to hundreds of people giving infallible proofs to his resurrection. You want proof? First, the empty tomb. Angels invite us to come and see. See, he is not here. He is risen. As he said, Jesus is God. Jesus is truth. He cannot lie. Two, yet the tomb has his grave clothes lying there undisturbed. This means his body is not stolen by enemies or friends. Number three, no one produced the dead body of Jesus and put an end to Christianity. You know why? Because he is really risen. Truth is, his body did not experience decay as we read in Psalm 16, verse 10, you will not let your Holy One see decay. Number four, God's angel took out the sealed, very large stone that closed the mouth of the tomb. Not for Jesus to get out, but to demonstrate God's control over all powers including the Roman power. Also for witnesses to come in and realize the body was not there and to realize he left something there, the grave clothes, as a proof 
of his resurrection. Number five, the testimony of his holy elect angels. He is not here. He is risen. As he said, you will see him in Galilee. As he said. Number six, the testimony of Jesus himself. To the women, to the apostles, and to St. John. And we read it. And here we read Revelation 1 verse 18. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. And John 14 verse 19, he says, Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. And he told to Apostle Paul, he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show to you. Number seven, unbelieving apostles now believe and their lives are transformed. Peter who denied Jesus spoke of his resurrection and he was crucified for his faith. Number eight, apostolic declaration in the book of Acts of Christ as raised. It is declared as a fact. Acts 232, 315, 532, 1031 Jewish believers worship on Sunday, the first day of the week called the Lord's Day because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the Lord's Day. Number 10, a special proof is the confession of Christ's death and resurrection by St. Paul. Unlike you and me, Paul was the most educated, most brilliant, and most achieving apostle by his own testimony. He was an archenemy of Christianity and a star persecutor of Christians because of their insistence of Christ's resurrection. What happened? Jesus appeared to him. And he was convinced of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And friends, he was martyred for his faith in Christ's resurrection. 
Jesus Christ, friends, by his death and resurrection conquered death for me and for you. For his people. Are you his people? He destroyed death and brought life and immortality to his people. He gives us eternal life. Jesus said, I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. He said, because I live, you shall live also. Christ is our life. In life and in death. If Jesus' prediction of his death and resurrection is true, then all his teachings are true. One, he shed his blood for the remission of our sins. Two, he came down from heaven, from the Father, and he went back to the Father. Three, his words were the words of the Father, he said. Four, he and his Father are one, an assertion of his deity. Five, he is the Son of God. Six, whoever believes in him has eternal life. Jesus said so. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Not very brilliant people. Not very smart. You are a passing breeze. Clay, falling blossoms. Number seven, unbelieving ones are condemned. Number eight, there is a devil and all unbelievers are children of the devil doomed to destruction. Number nine, the Bible is true. Jesus said it is written and that's it. Number 10, Jesus is coming again as savior and judge. Number 11, he is the way, the truth and the life. He said no one comes to the father except through him. There is no eternal life or salvation outside of Jesus Christ. Number 12. He is given all authority in heaven and on earth. And because of his death and resurrection, these things are true. First, we are born again. First Peter 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are justified. Romans 4.25, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We are sanctified. Romans 6 verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Number four, we have eternal life. Jesus said, because I live, you also will live. Number five, we are given Holy Spirit. 
Acts 2, 32 and 33, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Holy Spirit has been poured out because Christ was raised from the dead and he ascended into the heavens. Number six, we shall be raised from the dead. As we read in Second Corinthians 4 verse 14, you can go home and read number 7. Resurrection is the proof that Jesus Christ is the judge of the whole universe. Acts 17.31 For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. He's going to judge you. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now you must bow your knees and open your mouth and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. Friends, Athenians mocked Paul when he spoke of the bodily resurrection of Jesus. So do all modern cultured despisers. God must open the eyes of the blind that they may see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ as they hear the gospel. Let us pray for the salvation of the perishing souls. Friends, unbelief tries to shut the Lord of all creation out of his world. But he acts in his world in time and space according to his sovereign will you cannot prevent him from acting in his world true science and history must reflect the truth of the bible otherwise it's not true science and we read In Acts 26 verse 8. Listen to this very carefully. Wake up O sleep. Rise from the dead. This is what he spoke to the cultured despisers. Like the Roman procurator Festus. And King Agrippa II. In Acts 26 verse 8. Why should any of you consider it incredible? That God raises the dead. Or we could say that God created the world ex nihilo out of nothing. God, sir, you must understand who God is. The infinite personal God did it. The adequate reason for existing reality of the universe is God. So he says, why should any of you consider it what's incredible that God raises the dead? Number six, this risen Christ is our savior. 
1 Corinthians 1.30 It is because of him God the Father that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness our holiness and our redemption. 1 Corinthians 15.17 And if Christ has not been raised your faith is futile and you are still in your sins and everyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ is without hope and without God in the world friends the risen Christ saved us from the wrath of God from the dominion of sin dominion of death dominion of the world dominion of flesh dominion of the devil Jesus Christ the resurrected one in him and everyone who believes in him there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus friends we have been set free we have been set free Romans 6:18 you have been set free liberty Freedom, sir, from sin, from death, from the devil, liberty. That's what we have, sir. You have been set free forever from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Praise be to God. Set free from sin, made slaves to righteousness. And number seven, sir. Jesus Christ is coming in glory. He is coming soon, sir. That's the biblical testimony. Or soon we shall die. He is coming soon or you are going to go soon. And so we read in the Bible in terms of his coming soon. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. Listen. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Doubting Thomas saw the risen Christ and he confessed, finally, my Lord and my God. St. Paul confessed too, Christ loved me and gave himself for me. Friends, he does not make personal visit and appearances now. So unbelievers can become a believer. The report of the historical miraculous resurrection of Jesus is given to us in the sacred scriptures by God authorized writers. It is the truth. It is the very word of God. Friends, believe it and be saved. So Jesus said, 
John 20 verse 29 then Jesus told him because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed Peter says in 1st Peter 8 because he heard this word and he says though you have not seen him you love him and even though you do not see him now you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy the philippian jailer asked saint paul and his friend silas sirs what must i do to be saved and the simple answer believe in the lord jesus he explained to them who jesus was his person and his work and that he is raised from the dead believe in the lord jesus and you'll be saved you and your household friends why would you perish why would you perish believe in the risen christ and live forever and ever in god's holy presence heavenly father i have delivered the word for people to hear who are throughout the world lord pour out your spirit upon the elect sinners that they may repent and believe on the lord jesus christ risen from the dead save your people oh god we pray in jesus name amen